Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your train conductor this evening, Stephen Buja, and joining me, as always, my apprentice, my associate, my confidant, Amy Thomason. Amy, how are how do you fare this fine day? Eh. It's one of those days. It's one of the it's one of those days, and the days are getting colder and harder to get out of bed in the morning because it's icy cold and black it was like 45 degrees in south carolina this morning when i left for work so i was like you know why was i complaining about the summer the mosquitoes that's right that's right well there's always something to complain about in the weather would you prefer a job where all you have to do is show up and retire early i would love that i would love a job where i could just sit and read all day and people don't bother me that sounds great. That sounds a lot like the hero in today's film, the 1966 Academy Award winner, Best Picture, uh, Best Foreign Language Film, Closely Watched Trains. Uh, what, a it, what a what? What a title. What a t- it's a It is a gr- interesting. It's a great title. Uh, I Honestly, I picked it because this is a title I, I had heard of. I'd never seen the movie, but I had heard of it before. And it's like, that's a really... It's 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 evocative. It's provocative. It was it uh, won at the fortieth Academy Awards. That was nineteen sixty seven. It was released oh, in night. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. What a what a great year. We've talked about it. Uh, we'll talk about you it again. Talked about it. Okay, I've talked about we it. We have yet to talk about it, but I won't go into it too much. But holy shit balls! Yeah. <laughs> what a year. What a what a year. Uh, for those of you who care, the film is directed by Jiri Menzel. Written by Menzel and Bohumil Harabel, based on the novel by Mr. Harabel, starring a whole bunch of Czechoslovakian names, which <laughs> I honestly, I am not even going to attempt, as there are a lot of umlauts and tildes over their names, but uh, a lot of very fine, a lot of very fine people. It is part of the Czechoslovakian new wave, one of the more like, lesser known new waves that hit uh, <laughs> hit cinema in the uh, post World War II age. Uh, obviously, we have the French new wave, the Italian new wave, uh, German new wave a, a bit before, but this is Czechoslovakian new wave. Uh, have you ever have you have you ever heard of it? No, no, I, I have not. I didn't know that. I didn't really know anything about Czechoslovakian films, let alone movements of films. Yeah, apparently, very big, very, uh, very sort of a little bit, little bit anti, uh, anti-communist there, despite being communist. Uh, a thick, uh, a sense of um, the school seemed to be inhabited by a lot of people who were pushing against. Uh, what they saw as injustice during the time, as uh, most of these movements are. Uh, there, There is one big name that came from this movement, and that was two-time Academy Award-winning director Milos Forman was a major player 
in the Czechoslovakian New Wave. He directed, of yeah. course, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Amadeus, two episodes you should definitely check out, among many, many other great and wonderful films throughout now, his... Now, the underdog fighting the man. Yeah, and it, it, it undoubtedly had carried over and was influenced highly by his time working uh, working here in this, in this movement. Uh, the plot... For those who definitely don't know, and I'm going to say that is probably most of you. If you're even <laughs> listening to this, I know some people skip the. You. Yeah, good for you. I know some people skip the foreign movies. Still fan of the show. Yeah, and you're just and you want to be spoiled by these movies. You're like, or or you think I'm not even going to bother watching this movie. So why don't I hear them talk about the ending? It'll be fine. The film is as follows: An apprentice train dispatcher at a village station seeks his first sexual encounter. And becomes despondent when he is unable to perform. Which, you know what? When you first, when I first said we're watching closely, watch Strange, and after you rolled your eyes, like why can't we watch some movie starring Peter O'Toole? Please, God Almighty! What did you think this film was going to be about? I thought it was going to be a boring movie about trains. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that there was going to be that it was going to be super artsy and people sitting and just long shots of people sitting and watching trains. And watching, tra- and watching trains. And then I was going to have to think, and the hard thing is, is that with movies I don't like, I have to watch them more than once. Oh, that's hard. I have hard. to watch this again because I watch it the first time, especially foreign movies where if, you know, any other movie I can just sit and like, you know, I can kind of get up and go to the bathroom and maybe not pause the movie or whatever, get some water. But with the farm, it's like you blink and you miss a whole thing, so you have to rewind it. So I have to watch it the first time to get the plot, and then I'm like, okay, I can't just say it was boring. So I have to watch it again to formulate some kinds of some argument, something to say, like that cr- – Christmas movie that we watched last year, that Christmas horror movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christmas Evil. Twice, twice in preparation for the podcast, and I thought I got to find something more to say on this movie other than really. <laughs> I appreciate your dedication. Me get, getting me to watch a movie a second time is it's very hard these days and i've seen a lot of movies multiple times over the course of my life but uh, you know ain't nobody got time for that ain't nobody got time. i certainly when i picked this film i was expecting some epic drama some i love some like like weird anti-soviet or pro-soviet uh message movie about the trains and whatnot did not expect a a coming of age story that was, at times, very funny. It, it, I, the opening is silly. The opening, it's it's all so silly. It's so silly. It's it's refreshing. There is the stigma that foreign films are stuffy and boring and like and and they are and they are films in general are stuffy and boring and whatnot. But you know the foreign movies get a bad rap because a lot of the like really big ones are like really. They're very serious and they're very long and they're very stuffy. This is a, ni- a nice, easy, like two-hour film that's uh, very relatable. That's very there's relatable. No, there's no precious Italian children, and I love precious Italian. children. We had to step away from the precious Italian children. I'm sorry. We'd see, there'd been like way too many Italian movies we'd seen. We had to <laughs> we had to move elsewhere throughout the world. Uh, Knights of Cabiria. Come on. Oh yeah, we're get we'll we'll get to, we'll, 
Of course, of course, we'll get to that. Uh, we will take a short break, briefly discuss the Academy Awards of 1967, the 40th annual Such show. Such a great year. Such a great year. Amy, will, Amy will, will, will tease ahead a little thing. And I'll talk about one of my other boyfriends briefly. Oh, my God. You have so, oh, did your, no, does your husband know you have many boyfriends? You have two. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I, know, I know who she's talking about. Anyways, we'll be right back. For the best foreign language film, we have an internationally distinguished actor who is uniquely qualified for that role. He's traveled all over the world on behalf of the United Nations, on behalf of children, on behalf of laughter. But we managed to catch him while he was on a goodwill mission to Hollywood. He just flew here for a few days from Europe where he's filming with Catherine Hepburn. Ladies and gentlemen, hiding behind the beard he grew for his current film role, here is Danny Kaye. The um, universal language these days is really not Esperanto, it's uh, film. And the most articulate spokesmen are those who touch all men with their art, regardless of what tongue is heard on the soundtrack. Now, the nominations for the best foreign language film are chosen from a list of entries submitted by the countries where the productions originate. And the five finalists are Closely Watched Trains from Czechoslovakia, El Amor Brujo from Spain, I Even Met Happy Gypsies from Yugoslavia, Live for Life from France, and Portrait of Chieko from Japan. Sir. The winner is Czechoslovakia for Closely Watched Train. Accepting. Accepting. For I Even Met Happy Gypsies, Alexander Petrovich. Happy that Americans like Czech films. Thank you. Closely Watch Train won one Academy Award. Uh, it's only win in nomination. That was for Best Foreign Language Film at the 40th Annual Show in 1968, the year 1967. Uh, its competition will run through this because I have never heard of these movies and i do not mean to dismiss the foreign language films i know it seems like sometimes we brush through them but uh we are predominantly english more american centered podcast and so these are not really on our radar they're not part of the pop culture el amor brujo spain from spain i even met happy gypsies from you uh then yugoslavia hey cool what's up uh, Live for Life or Live for Life from France and Portrait of Chieko from Japan. Uh, if you do know of these films and you have seen them, do write us. We love hearing from you. We love hearing your thoughts on films that we have glossed over at OscarWatchPodcast at gmail.com or just write us on social media or on Facebook. We appreciate that. But, uh, Amy, I know you got some. We're going to revisit a film that uh, I was not able to give due justice to due to a lack of a co-host. For a year to get you to do. But I noticed every time I messaged you about it, you would conveniently, like, not respond. Uh, It's just because I'm 
It's because I don't like talking to you. It's really, it's really that that. It but, probably is. But. but it's a gift to you. Uh, 1967, the film that won Best Picture was what was it? In the heat of the night. In the heat of the oh, night. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to that episode, it was 17 minutes of me just talking from a script I wrote. I was unable to uh, procure a co-host. So we are going to, uh, later in December, we are going to redo that episode. Give it its proper due. Thank you. You're welcome. Jewison thanks you. Norma America Jewison. thanks you. Because that movie deserves a proper episode. Rod Steiger thanks us. And the amazing Sidney Poitier thanks us. Uh, did you you had something else to say about your other boyfriend? Don't leave the people hanging. Who is it? And my other boyfriend, Mr. Mike Nichols, R.I.P. One best director for another small movie that maybe people heard of called The Graduate. Yeah, you know, I maybe I'd seen that movie a couple of times. Cuckoo to Mrs. Robinson. Great, great time. God, Dustin Hoffman was young. Oof, Jesus. Hey. Everybody was young, younger. I mean, it's fine. But yes, The Graduate definitely will be on a four-year reconsideration at some point. Amazing. Uh, very influential film in the course of and history. And Bonnie and Clyde. And Bonnie and Clyde, yes. it's. And guess who's coming to dinner, but I don't really like it that much. But it's a biggie because it's Spencer Tracy's last movie. Yeah. And I know you got a whole thing with Catherine Hepburn not winning. Shouldn't have won because she won the next year as well. But shouldn't have, shouldn't have won for that. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But 1967. I have a whole, like how I would shift around the Oscars and give people things for other movies. And... Yeah, I I picture it. Picture it like a like a murder mystery board. It's like a lot of red string, just it is. going in all different people's pictures <laughs> and it. It is. It's, it's amazing, and I would love to. I would love to see web, that one day. The web in my brain. Do you know how much math and science I didn't learn just so I could have all these thoughts in my head? You a do, lot. You do know your brain is capable of remembering literally everything you've ever done, said, or seen, right? Yeah, but math, not so much. All right, I, fair enough. It's fair. I gotta have room for the important stuff. Well, that is a conversation for another time. <laughs> In a couple of in uh, next month, actually, we will be discussing all of that. So uh, tune in. It's a little a little taste, a little preview for the proper send off for in the heat of the night, which uh, long overdue as you as you say. Thank you for hounding me. Thank you, in air quotes, of course. That's a skill that I have. Yes. But we're not here to discuss that. We're here to discuss closely watched trains, and we are going to take a short break. And when we get back, we will talk. When I first saw that. it as, as a young adult, as a teen, um, it, was, it had a huge impact on me because I wasn't really that aware of political cinema. And this movie, and of course, is a representation of, of what they call the Czech New Wave. All these films had a lot of different layers. So, you know, on one level, we've got a movie about a, a kind of bumbling, insecure, um, you know, apprentice uh, dispatcher. But then there's a lot of going on in here about politics, mm -hmm. about the individual against the state. And of course, you've got to remember that this is a country, Czechoslovakia, that had been a battlefield for hundreds of years, really. Right. The Nazis had just really been driven out when all of a sudden the Soviets are taking over. So this country's had a lot going on. It is in its own way a train depot.
that armies have have moved back and forth through and and to see the way that that's approached or rather the way that that's affected the lives of the Czech people which of course are the kind of the people that are in the station is really interesting because you know it's like the whole goal of everyone is to get a job that allows you to do as little as possible yeah. <laughs> which is just an, it's just to kind of survive and hold right. on to watch right. this stuff go by um, so they're just all these layers um, and it works on every layer which is not something that you see that often usually someone's gonna miss right. somewhere along the line right Amy we've talked a lot about coming-of-age movies on the show both with you and with my uh, former co-host as well let's the the time-honored tradition in in literature and cinema and storytelling uh, you while watching this you sent me an interesting message saying that it's uh, and to paraphrase that it's hard for you to relate to these tales because coming-of-age stories are very male focused they're about young men growing up usually through some sort of sexual awakening and that women are not entirely allowed to do that certainly here in our culture that that's not really the the story um so i was wondering what how you approach this film and do you have examples of what a coming of age trope for young girls uh, is and where could we see that in a uh, film or film series or book or, or, or anything? And how does, and how does it differ? L loaded question. Lots of questions. Well, I, I stand by what I said. Um, mainly in the, in the sexuality department, a lot of coming of age stories is a young woman learning about her world, finding her place in the world and, Often she gets her heart broken. Some good coming of age stories is like a top three novel of mine of Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which guts me. It's one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. It's another one that I reread every year. A teacher recently down the hall said, hey, have you ever read this? And I went, oh! big mistake mentioning that to me because we sat on lunch duty and we just were like, oh my gosh, in that one scene. And it's it's learning that people she looked up to are flawed in some kind of way. In this case, it was her father who she was idolized and he dies and, you know, she sees him. Oh, he was an alcoholic too. And she has a little bit of a romance and gets her heart broken and, and keeps going. Lady Bird would be another coming of age story where again, learning about her world, her relationship with her mother was a big part of that movie. She has sex in the movie, but that's not such a big deal compared to the relationship with her mother. And yet with boys, I feel, and they don't really show girls as wanting to have sex, enjoying sex, mm -hmm. things like that. And I think that's sad. It's a, well, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I get the feeling that a lot of uh, girls coming of age stories have to do with them, fi yeah, them finding their place in the world. And that is not be like in going up against their mother. Like guys, we have this like you know the 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 hero's tale is we have to fight our father essentially. And girls, you have to basically clash with your mother. I'm, I'm like I'm thinking of terms of endearment or something where it's this mother daughter tale, and they're just always punching at each other, trying to break away. But they they have this connection and bond, and they have to come to a sort of balance in in, in, in that regard. Very complicated relationship. I and one I will never but fully when I think understand. Of age stories. I don't think of any stories about 
boys and their fathers. I think about it as boys falling in love and boys losing their virginity. Yeah. I mean, like the, the summer of 42 American pie, this movie, yeah. all the, all the, all the comedies in the eighties were about like a bunch of misfit kids trying to lose their virginity. Like it's, if you want to know why like things are so messed up between men and men and women, like their pop culture, the stories we tell each other, they are very influential in that they're saying like, dudes, like, yeah, just go get laid. And then you're a man like that's. And girls are told you can't want it. Another movie about that, uh, Splendor in the Grass, where, which is a top 10, a very firm top 10 on the Amy Thompson top 100, where Natalie Wood wants to sleep with Warren Beatty, but her mother tells her good girls don't want to do those things. And so she has to repress it and kind of the outcome of what happens when a girl tries to repress it. And that was in 1961, but it's very, it's still very taboo for women to enjoy sex in the media. As much as we think it's not the case anymore, it really is though. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, well, we just had a uh, we just had a coming of age story last week, last picture show. So, getting back to focus on the movie, how does um, how does the coming of age story here compare to the one there in you know the nineteen six the the World War Two era Czechoslovakian film and the nineteen fifties American film. I think what it captures is really the realism and the rawness of it. The awkwardness when Sonny, I mean, Sonny and Ruth with the squeaking of the bed and it's just, there's no music playing and it's awkward and they're not looking at each other when they're undressing. And Milos in Closely Watched Trains, it's all awkwardness and clumsy. And it's something everyone has experienced and we don't talk about that we try to glamorize things in movies and very rarely is that awkwardness or that humanness or that i don't not really sure exactly what i'm doing show up in films yeah it's a it's an awkward film i it's 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 funny it's funny awkward but it's also cringy awkward it's it's the awkward where as as we were talking before we were recording we can all kind of relate to these moments where we both like you're young and you want this thing but you have no idea how to go about it what to do and it just creates all these like terrible horrible emotions in you that are good and they're they're also bad and i know we're going to talk about some some like maybe some taboo subjects uh at at some point <laughs> uh, but 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 first first the, the the movie itself we have uh the character of Milos who is this uh, young boy who's been assigned to watch a train station in uh, Nazi controlled Czechoslovakia uh, during basically the end of World War Two the Nazis are are being routed they're on the run despite reports to the contrary of course and uh, he he's this kid who doesn't want to work he just wants to hang out and. Think about girls, which runs in his family. Which runs in his family. It's this this uh, no wonderful introduction 
to uh, to him and his family at the beginning where he's like, ah, the only thing I want to do is just sit at a job and not do anything for as long for as short a time as I possibly can. And I, I you know, I I have to say respect to that because you know what, especially especially if you're working for the Nazis, like you gotta. Can only, you can only do you have to do the bare amount that you can possibly manage watching there, trains. and watching trains and watching trains. He's a, he's, he's a, one of the many station agents. But I know every great coming of age movie needs a lovable band of misfits, and I do have to say I really enjoyed the the cast of characters that Menzel had a, uh, assembled here. You have the station master who. Really likes birds. Uh, who lives at the station and you know is with you know with his wife. You and uh, you have the great. Uh, I want to say his name is Hubika or Hubka, uh, who is the 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 local ladies' man, as it were. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> isn't he the best? He's uh, he's this, this 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 he's the mentor character in a way. Uh, every every coming you know like you have the when you have mentor characters you have like two mentor Very characters. Charming. Oh, super charming! Yeah, super charming. He's not the most handsome guy, but you know he just has a way with uh, stamps. I, <laughs> oh, he has a way with stamps. I on that scene there. Okay, there is a scene in the movie where Hoopka and this uh, this young woman who works at the at the station. Uh, they get into a little flirty hanky panky, and he takes the stamp, rubber stamp. Uh, the the rubber stamps, and he starts stamping the this girl, her leg and her and, and her booty, and I, I have I I will admit this, it was wildly, wildly erotic and a lot of fun of to watch. It was, wasn't it? Woman. Yeah, because he was taking his time and doing it real slow, and you see her leaning over, and you just see her, and she's like, like she can't catch her breath. Yeah, and uh, and like, yeah, and it 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 makes me go, I have all these stamps here. Why haven't I ever done this? This is it's a it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, the the you can get ideas to do stuff with whoever you want from anywhere, and apparently and you get it from a foreign film. It made nine and a half weeks look tame. It looked tame, and it and. You and it wasn't overly graphic. No, it wasn't. It was just. It was. It wasn't dirty. It was very. It was sexy. It was sexy. It was intimate. Like, it was. Look at you. It's a surprisingly sexy film. I mean, for all the like stuffy uniforms they wear, it's very. But that makes it more erotic, in my opinion. Yeah, because they're all they're on. They're all bound up in. Yeah, and then they. Starched uniforms. So when you do catch like the back of her thigh, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I see why the Puritans went crazy for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's and it when you're an adult and you watch this film, it brings up feelings of like that of see, of seeing the back of a thigh of like getting like just dying to get done with your shift at your shitty job so you can go see this girl and this and all the awkwardness that comes with it like I'm going to go to my uncle's we're going to go to my uncle's house and he's this weird kind of photographic perv I don't really know what his deal was he was taking photographs but being really handsy and uh touchy with his his models and we're gonna try and we're gonna try and do it, 
like like we we've set aside time. Like this is back when you could There's set it. Literally cracks in the wood, so you could see like everything that's going on. Yeah. Outside of the bedroom, yeah. and the door that doesn't stay closed. Yeah, just all. Yeah. Said, let alone like a horny virgin. Right, but but remember that's that's all that's 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 all you had access to. That's all you needed, and you just like you couldn't you couldn't resist, and you just had to like all right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it here. Like we've all had sex in like really just weird places just because we needed to. I mean, confession. Yes, I'm sorry, I did. Uh, but you know, it's. The great the the film ca- the film captures that, and then the film, um, what it re- what it really does what it, it like you know you have the scene between uh, Milos and Masa Masa is his his, his girl she's 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 lovely he's like awkward but you know he's shy and awkward I'm like oh Amy must love this guy and she's not so like Sybil Shepherd like who's just a freaking goddess. You right. know what I mean? She looks like a real blossoming young woman. Yeah. And uh, what if the the thrust of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The thrust of the movie is uh, Milos can't perform. He has, you know, he's, uh, or, or rather he has premature ejaculation. So he, sure. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I confession never experienced that, but I have been through a number of incredibly awkward sexual encounters, and the feelings that director Jiri Menzel is able to create with Milos about the uh, the way he feels and how the humiliation, the embarrassment of this is so raw and palpable as to make me feel extremely awkward. I like I like I had to, I had I clamped up. I went mm, you can't see it. I'm like I'm biting my teeth right now. And just, I just uh it's it's a it was a visceral reaction to uh a very misspent and misguided youth on my on my part. I was wondering how uh how did that how did that scene pl- uh, play for you how did his 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 embarrassment before before we get to the really the really like dark stuff how did like how did just like his initial the like the initial embarrassment she walks off like in a huff uh, like how, how how did that affect you um how to say this i've been in a female position before mm-hmm. so i felt for her as well and it's hard it's hard to be supportive and patient but then part of you's like very unsatisfied and you're all ready to go and it just takes a turn and so you have to be like okay so um i'm just gonna go over there yeah (laughs) and like watch tv or whatever and you just collect yourself See, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> whether it's in Yugos- whether it's in Czechoslovakia in the, in the 1940s, or whether it's in New Jersey, and I assume the 90s. A dorm room in Indiana University. <laughs> okay, and uh, by the way, I just want to give a shout out to our parents who are probably listening. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. 
How are you guys doing? I'm sure you love love hearing about this. Um, Milos tries to kill himself. He uh he rents oh, a. Oh, and it's so sad, and it's not funny. It's it's not it's I'm it's not. Get some famous, but it's not. He's like really. He's he's he is shook. Uh, I know we we deride uh you know the the fragile male ego a lot in this on this show in this society and you know it's caused it's caused a lot of external pain you know it's been uh subsumed and turned into uh external pain like they it's done it's done a lot of damage to others could do a lot of damage to themselves and i'm not trying to say that like oh this all this violence is is justified you just got to man up and get over it because i hate the term man up i think that's incredibly condescending because it's the reason why people go off the deep end yeah it's a it's a it's a reason why milo milos rents a room at uh at a brothel draws a bath and uh tries to slit his wrists and it's uh i i was i was you know again this is a movie i hadn't seen before i was very shocked at this turn of events yeah you're like when did this all yeah and it's and it's such a great scene because there's there's a uh, there's a contractor building. He's bra- he's cracking down the wall like right outside. So there's always this constant knocking. It's like it's like in All Quiet on the Western Front where you just have this like thumping of the of the bombs. Here it's just the thumping of the of the hammer in in there. And just as soon as uh, Milo uh, he cu- cuts one wrist and he had set up a razor on the uh, on on the table and he cuts the other one and the guy cracks through. So it's a it's a very nice, nice being. Uh, it's well done. Short, sort of short story juxtaposition that uh, I think was like very effective and a great way of establishing how Milos got, you know, gets out of there. You know, because he he is rescued. He is he's rescued. He's saved. He's taken to a very young doctor who I did not believe, and it turns out was actually the director. Uh, he <laughs> <laughs> director himself put put him into that role because they they couldn't find the like the I think the guy canceled at the last minute who's gonna play the uh, play the doctor and the doctor gives him very bad advice and what advice is that? Think about a football game. Yeah, and uh, do girls do you ever do you ever get told anything or do you just get is it like think of England and like close your eyes think of England? Is that... In my case are taught absolutely nothing about anything. Yay! I had so many misconceptions about certain realities and what things were like and how things happen that it's, I mean, nothing. So it was just, this is what happens. And so- you learn learn along the way by experience but actually taught or told nothing zero no so no and i had an older sister too and nothing really okay that it's a it's a failing of our culture so nobody nobody sat you down and said okay when this is what happens no wow okay nothing. i learned about birth control and that was about it in health class well that is important but uh we are we are doing all of ourselves a disservice by not talking this was about in the nineties. Yeah, like the hip, the cool nineties. Nothing. Nothing. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, we are uh, like 
as guys were we were told, like you know, think of you think of baseball, think of something really slow. Something yeah. Said. Oh yeah. No, not uh, not to me. Just it's one of those things. You just you know to you try. Each other though, right? Yeah, but we don't have that kind of relationship. Hi, hi, Chris. I don't think he's listening. He wasn't like giving you condoms and advice. No, no, <laughs> but no, it's a generally accepted trait that I think we all sort of pick up along the way. Like when you're growing up in America in the '90s and 2000s, you just like yeah, like, yeah, think of baseball. Think of it because it's who thinks nobody thinks of baseball to get excited, but you're already excited, so it's really meant to slow you down and keep it going. Uh, and it's it just, it's not the, it works sort of, but it also, you also get this look on your face, like I, or either you're not looking, your eyes are closed, or it's clear you are somewhere else. And isn't that rather insulting to the person? into that, like somewhere else. It, but if, hey, if someone had said to us, like, hey, I'm just trying to prolong this then maybe women would understand. Hey, look, we have our our penis inside of you. We're not trying to, like, we don't need to talk anymore. Like, we have gotten to where we need to go. Let's just, I don't need to talk to you anymore. Please, come on. (laughs) I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) (sighs) Um, Okay, moving on. Foreign film acting. How are you able to judge accurately whether somebody is acting good or bad in a foreign movie? It's, I don't know if it's because of the acting. No, not so much. I mean, you can tell someone who's good and someone who's just like phoning it in. The hard thing is that unless it's a movie I've seen more than once with the foreign film, I'm obviously trying to figure out what's going on. What's the plot. Right. And, with, you know, Life is Beautiful, I've seen it like five times. So I can, you know what I mean? I can judge it on the performances. But a movie like this, which I've never even heard of, I'm paying attention to like, okay, what's going on? What's the plot? Who are the characters? And I'm not paying as close attention to the actual performances. But I thought, you know, I thought the kid was good. Yeah, he was a uh, Czechoslovakian. Ours Czechoslovakian new wave actor. Yeah, he was a he was a Czech pop singer at at the time who was uh, recommended for the role, and he's 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 good. He's good. He's good in that uh, you know shy, awkward, like teenager. Yeah. Like, oh, what are we? And as opposed to like a Max von Sydow, where it's just a given. Like, of course he's amazing. You know what I mean? And yeah. all ten thousand Ingmar Bergman movies he was in. Like yeah, he, yes, yeah, Cito's, he, he's all, he's always great. Strata like clearly knows what he's doing. Right. He just a little more emotion in that final scene, but uh, what are you gonna do? I kid, I kid. Good, yeah. It's all the emotion in that final, final scene. Um, it's uh, speaking of the plot, it's kind of meandering. It's mostly about this character trying to trying to get some uh but then about 20 minutes before the end of the movie and it's not the longest movie the plot does show up in the form of hey we're gonna blow up a train <laughs> i got yeah yeah uh hubika's got a uh, he's got a contact in the in the, the, the czechoslovakian resistance and we have this like big ammo train that's coming by where somebody's gonna come by and drop a bomb in it. 
Uh, do you feel like we lose something when suddenly the plot shifts focus to sabotage, or does it? Do we need this in this movie? It kind of seemed like it was coming out of nowhere, mm. and it seemed like a very strange point to shift the plot of the movie. Agreed. It's they don't lay any they don't lay any groundwork. And I understand, like maybe you want to have something serious, but even in like "Call Me by Your Name," which is a coming of age story, there's no like all of a sudden some crazy thing happens. You know what I mean? It's all it's maintains that mood the entire movie, even though you might say like "Call Me by Your Name," like did that even really have a plot? Right. But with this, it's like all of a sudden, da da. Now all of a sudden, we're like resistance fighters. What? Yeah. There's at the very, very at the very at the very end, they don't. It doesn't drop enough uh, breadcrumbs, and uh, this is this is after just one viewing. <laughs> I do not believe it dropped. Uh, it didn't lay the groundwork for what this was going to uh, what this is going to turn into. It could have said like the you know, resistance around, et cetera, but it really comes. It's like two a different movies. Conversations throughout the film. Yeah. people in the <laughs> doing stuff yeah. like. But it also it also seemed like hey. Well, we got this train. Why don't we just blow it up? Uh, and I'm sure that I'm sure it happened this way. I'm sure maybe there was a bit more groundwork in the book. In the book which I'm honestly, I'm shocked you haven't read, just because you've read all the books for all the movies we have seen. I do. Amy Thomason. I read all the books. Yes, but but uh, it does keep in it does it does keep the 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 main the character development going in the in that Milos finally does get some. Hey, up top, buddy. Go you. He uh, there's uh, the, the beautiful girl, but not with the beautiful girl. Yes, with a uh, resistance fighter named Victoria, and you know, if a woman's named Victoria, like yeah, she's gonna be Literally. awesome. It'd be great. Uh, what do you what did what did you think of her? Was it uh, too convenient that oh, this resistance fighter happened to be the most beautiful woman in Czechoslovakia, or and willing to put out like really? Yeah, just all like right. one of this one conversation with uh, Hubica. She's like, "Yeah, all right, I'll take this boy back and show him what's what." Yeah, that seemed a little too convenient, which is sad because his experience with Masa seemed so much more real, and how he looked at her, and they were always like looking at each other and almost about to kiss, and then you know someone would blow the whistle for the train to go, and they'd yeah. be separated, and the frustration and the angst that all rang so true. And in this, it's like, oh. Here's this gorgeous woman. Yeah. Okay. It, it reminds me of uh, in Forty uh, Year Old Virgin, where Romany Malco says, "Like, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't first have sex with the woman you love. First, you got to slay through like twenty or thirty hood rats, <laughs> and then maybe you'll be all right at it. Like, it's, it's not that Victoria is a hood rat. She's, uh, she's gorgeous and very, very classy. But there's a sense of like, no, you like, you can't." can't lose your virginity to the girl you really like. And I think that's kind of like bullshit. Like you should like want to share this experience, however awkward, however well, embarrassing I, it is. But like, and, and this, this is, this is me talking after, my after years. I always had a theory. We had a theory that the first time for a guy is probably his best time. And Ouch. the first time for a woman is probably her worst time. It's a terrible theory. Get better friends. This was when we were like eighteen. You should get better. You should go back in time and get better friends. It's a thing. You can do that. 
it's it's not entirely untrue. Uh, if I, I if the fir- if my first time was the if my first time was the was the, was the best time I. Have- feels for the guy physically versus how it feels for the girl physically mm. no based on experience i'm gonna say no but then you just get weirder and weirder as you keep going along anyways it's fine it's fine um but the important thing is milo uh, milos has uh he has lost his virginity and so now he is free to pursue Massa. He ha- he got his confidence. He found his happiness. He says he hasn't felt this happy uh, th- yeah. a- ever, and it's great. It, it, you know, and there's this uh, there's this wonderful repeating mo- um, theme of. Is that real as a guy? Is oh, that really how guys a, feel? Like a, a a pep in your step? Oh God, like yeah. Like you are like king of the world. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like I'm like uh, I'm like I'm like Joey. Uh, I'm like Joey wandering through the streets and friends, just like. It, it, so you're you're so you're it's it's amazing it can be it can be a great it can be a great feeling but he's now free to pursue massa but there is uh this other uh this other part of the trial this other part of the plot comes back in that there's this ridiculous trial with the nazi commandant who is in charge of this train station who is totally it's just a he's a propaganda mouthpiece he's so he's so ineffective even he is coming here to discuss Hubica's role in the Stampgate 1944 about all the about this ridiculous thing and he's like he even he realizes this is this he is bullshit the last good really good part of the movie this was the last really well this is like the last of the this is the end of the movie we're at yeah it was after that the movie should have just ended oh no no I like I how it really ended well which which we'll talk to uh talk about uh, the trial is the trial is funny because everyone knows it's this is ridiculous. It's the mother of this woman who insists that this is a criminal matter and needs to, this man has to be brought up. Which it's another thing like it's, it's like so she just had she had consensual sex with and somebody it. and she enjoyed it. It's like and, and she's she's laughing about it. She's just yeah, like she this is the best like, thing. Oh, I'm so ashamed. I mean, I would have died of embarrassment if my mom had seen all that but <laughs> look at the ink on her thighs and she's like it was great come on yeah. i loved it it's like go you yeah own your sexuality yeah yeah Czechoslovakian woman yeah but uh this trial del- you know it ha- occurs right when the ammo train is going to arrive so hubika who is going to toss the uh the bomb in is unavailable so Milos steps up to the plate and he does succeed in dropping the bomb. However, he is spotted by a Nazi guard on the train and in a surprising twist, shot multiple times by a machine gun and falls on the train and dies in the explosion, if not beforehand. Uh how shocked were you when this happened? This was this was out of this was I was Shocked. I'm not I'm not I'm not shocked at a lot of deaths, but this was shocking. The first time in a long time I've been like, wait, what? Yeah. Because it was the first time I saw Life is Beautiful. I still when he's you know, Guido gets shot off camera and I remember being like, he's gonna run out. I wonder how he got out of it this time. And then like the sad music plays and you're like, What the is he really dead? That's how this was. Yeah. There's something I think in America we're we're optimists, so we 
I have I've mentioned that a lot of the times I think the hero gets to do one or the other. He gets to get the girl or save the world or like do the save the mission. He shouldn't have both. And I always joke that like why can't they why can't we just like you just gotta like all right, you got the girl, great. You you should that's that's good enough. You shouldn't you shouldn't win the fight at the end. It's fine, you went the distance. And here, uh, I gotta hand it to the Europeans. They 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 walk that walk. They like he uh Milos's story is is completed. He has uh, achieved his goal. This is just gravy on the cake. This is this is we're entering into the commentary about how everyone underestimates the Czechoslovakians here. It's like it's a bit, it's a big thing uh, about the Nazis are like speech at the end. Yeah, about how you're you're useless and you're they're just a waste waste of space, mongrels, etc. Juxtapose to Milos, got his groove back. He's uh he's on fire. He uh doesn't you know now that he's had sex, he can go for something else, something grander, I think. And he certainly does. He sabotages the hell out of that Nazi train, loses his life in the process. I have to I have to applaud them. I have to applaud the, the, the movie for, for killing him off. Bold choice was shocked by it, genuinely shocked, doesn't happen, and it really does work, I think. And and, and it's so sad because his hat comes flying and Masa grabs the hat when she goes to investigate. Like, oh Masa, you never you never got that. But, Oh, my heart broke for her. Or broke for Milos because now he couldn't. He couldn't be with her. I really liked her. I really liked her. I really, I, I liked him. I liked him. Together, we're very cute. Yeah, but uh, he kept saying she's a nice girl. Yeah, I, I love that. that. <laughs> I love that was not to be. Sadly, uh, it's um, yeah, uh, long history of defiance in, in in Czechoslovakia, and I think this is this is that the film's way of really running that home it's you know the the, the Czechoslovakian new wave was born of defiance it was born of you know of, uh, against the the status quo against the oppression of the time and uh it it shows it's it's nice and subtle and wonderful and if you want to see just a cute coming of age story in this you can if you want to see something more political i definitely think you can read into that i would want i would want to see this movie again to really? with with uh with knowing more about uh, Czechoslovakian history, especially the Czechoslovakian new wave, to greater understand like, the messages and like how uh, you know a lot gets. It's not not necessarily lost in translation. It's just a cultural divide that I can never fully understand, especially from my you know very privileged position here. And uh, it's watching the foreign films is a lot of fun because it gives you a a look into a way of thinking in a different culture, a different, and a different, different part of the world. And yet, it's also interesting to see that we're all the same. Yeah, we're all. And it, it it's a reminder to me of that that different time, different place, different generation of people, but we all have those awkward encounters. Yeah. We all fall in love. We all do stupid things. We yeah. all have crazy family members. Like. It's it that universality is really again, and I've said this before. It's what makes film and literature great. If the theme of this show, the podcast in general, I think, is finding the universality in the movies, and the best movies do find that. 
I think. Something that everyone can relate to. And when the foreign films do it, I think it's a bit more special just because there's this language barrier. But yeah, I like I remember when I was sixteen and just trying to bone <laughs> constantly. This is a, and this is a, this is this is undoubtedly a trying to bone movie. Uh for like totally. But you know, there's some darker stuff happening. It's much it's much edgier, it's much more dramatic than I think we are actually giving it uh giving it credit for. Uh does watching this do you go, hey, I want to check out any more Czech New Wave? Maybe. I don't I don't know of, of any more. And it's hard because you know my list is so long. And there's so many foreign movies that I have heard of that I haven't watched yet that it's like embarrassing. Yeah. Maybe you can read the book. It maybe it's translated. Okay, I do. I actually do have to ask. So you read Gone with the Wind, Three Girls in Brooklyn, and what's the other one? The Thornbirds. Thornbirds. Do you actually read any other books throughout the year? Because those seem like substantial books that take up a lot of time. I'm reading uh, on audio. I'm doing Marjorie Morningstar by Herman Walk right now. Okay. And I just started the book uh, that the movie Love Simon is based on. Well, look at you. Okay, just a just a small aside. Was curious. I'm like, where do you find time to read? If you're reading Gone with the Wind all the time, that's half the no, no, year. No, not and... all the time. But now that, <laughs> but because I've read it so much, I can skim through. Ah. Stuff. But I basically do start at the beginning and go all the way through. I linger over certain parts because it's there's certain books that you get more out of the more you the more you read them the more you realize, the more you learn, the other more themes that you realize that you missed the first time. But yes, I'm also reading, it is called Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which the movie Love, Simon, that's coming out. Already came out. Based on, it already came out. Yeah, it came out way, way earlier in the year. You can probably rent it, rent it on video. Uh, neither, neither, neither. I don't, he- do, I don't watch TV at night. I put the kids to bed and I read. Oh, well, that's My great. Exciting. So exciting. So exciting. <laughs> Uh, the question we have to ask is, uh, not having seen any of the other nominees, would you say that uh, Closely Watched Trains like, probably might have deserved Best Foreign Language Film that year? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that with an asterisk. I don't think it's one of the better foreign language movies that I've seen. I don't think it compares to Like a Lestrada, which is like a, one of the best movies ever made, or um, like Rashomon, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a good movie, and it was interesting, and it was thought-provoking, and I love seeing new things and learning new things, but it didn't, and there was a lot to, it definitely evoked a lot of memories, but it wasn't one that really was like, wow. The one that really surprised me this year was the In a Better World. Yeah. Because I never heard of that movie, but I watched that. That was like, wow. I need to go back and watch that again, and like I looked up the actor who's very Oh yeah, you talked about a lot. You talked about a lot. Yes, yeah. I did. I did. Very handsome, but you know what I mean. It didn't move me to that extent. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is fine. Not everything does. We have hundreds of films to watch. Not everything is going to move us all equally. Uh, I mean, not knowing the others, I'm going to say that yes, I think this is a uh, is a fine film. Uh, I do think it does take a while to get going. I was checking my watch. For the first yeah. 20 minutes or so, wondering, okay, how is this going to happen? Are we going to watch some trains? What's what's going on? But uh, one, uh, but as soon as um, 
as soon as it got going, I was on board. And yes, that yeah. that that is a train pun, and I did intend to. And I did intend that. Was funny. And the the, the opening was the opening was funny. Like I was giggling, and I don't really giggle a lot. You're not a giggler. You got and you know. Uh, I like guffaw. I have like <laughs> belly laughs where I like get tears down my face, and I have to try not to pee. But like giggling is not something I do very often. No, fair enough. And mostly. Language aside, plot aside, I like the characters. I like hanging out with these people. They were fun. They were interesting. Uh, none of them were perfect, uh, nor were they always like, doing the right thing. Like, you shouldn't sleep with your coworkers. As a principal, it's a terrible that stamp scene, though. That, but that stamp scene was worth the price of admission. I filed that one away in my, in my brain. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that. Let's stop some point. by the stationers on the way <laughs> The stationers, oh, stop by the butcher and get a get a pound of veal and call it a day. Yes, uh, but you know they they the characters came around to do the right thing in the end. And uh, you know, anytime you get to blow up a Nazi train, I think you should take it. Good Just, for yes, yeah. good for you, Milos. Good, good for you guys. And that has been the Oscar watch. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, if you want to express your thoughts about closely watched trains write us an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com or find us on social media next week december we got plenty of your listener requests coming in and we are going to start with the 1990 film avalon Yes, thank you so much for sending that request yes, in. I yes, yes, uh, should be a should be a lot of fun. Uh, we will uh, do a whole thing. I believe Amy also uh, as a special gift to everybody. We're doing two a week. We got listener requests and we got movies that uh, we can. We, your your idea. She just makes us want to do more work. Should I be. do. You do. You do. And we'll talk. Uh, we'll get the full full schedule to you uh, as uh, as time goes on. But in the meantime, until next time, we'll see you on the next time.